this morning into the book of Matthew. We started there, we've been there, this will be the third, fourth Sunday, I suppose, I'm not really sure. And I, I can keep up with it for a time or two and then I get messed up with it. But we are in the book of Matthew. Matthew, the first uh, 12 chapters of Matthew, uh, goes one direction and then switches when it gets to the 13th chapter and you find, find the parables taking place. But we find that Matthew, and we've been with this, I know three weeks on this beget, and uh, the genealogy. And Matthew portrays the Lord Jesus Christ as a king. So as a king, he must have a genealogy that will line up to say, hey, look, I am on the king line. So Matthew does it on one side, and Luke does it on the other. And if you notice in the Matthew, Mark, and Luke, all those four Gospels, that there is two of them that major on the lineage. One is on the lineage of Mary, and the other is on the lineage of Joseph. One of them goes back to man's side, and the other goes back to the God side to show us that God and uh, that Christ is God in the flesh. He's not only God, but he's the son. So we look at that. So looking at these, and I could have stayed a whole long time on the first uh, fourteen, or first 17 verses of the book of Matthew. But I don't want to just keep dragging it out, and I notice how people get upset with it. Now, if you've got a personal study in that, and you want to stay on it 16 weeks, that's fine. Matter of fact, I wish you would. It'd help you. And uh, you said, I don't know much about that. You won't neither if you don't keep doing any more than you do now. All right? The Word of God is so precious to me. I love to read it. Last week, we dealt with verse 18 and 19 in particular, and how that he says now the birth of Jesus Christ was on this wise, or on this fashion, or on this manner, or on this, uh, this rule. And he's trying to make it plain Matthew is. And so they work together. He said, now the birth of Jesus Christ was on this wise, and then he begins to tell what that wise is. When, as his mother, Mary, we got to remember that Mary, the earthly mother of the Lord Jesus, and uh, we find that this is where she get, or he gets his body. Mary produces the, the um, man part of Christ. Amen. He is already God. And he's always been God. But he's never been man until the 18th verse here. I hear people say he didn't exist till then. I say, uh, no, I, I just say up front, no, that's wrong. But partially they are in a correct manner if you want to look at it. But I don't want nobody to think that Christ was ever uh, just originated. He's always been. Never been in existence with the Lord. Amen. You said, I can't imagine that. Amen. I know you can't. If you did, you'd have the mind of God. If you could figure that out. There's nobody has the mind of God. I bet a few that thought they did. Some of them think that they know more than he does. Uh, you know, they go through all the rituals and things and even salvation. They believe they know what salvation is better than Christ. Amen. They'll say, no, no, I won't call upon the Lord. I just got baptized. You think that's better than Christ forgiving you your sin? You got that wrong. Amen. Baptism's a work. God don't save by works. He saves by faith. 
And so I'm not going to get into that. But he said, when as his mother Mary was his spouse to Joseph, before they came together, uh, she was found with child of the Holy Ghost. Now let's just stop and think about that. I didn't get into this part last week. But that's a pretty big predicament that Joseph has got into. Now he, it was ordained that he get into it. Uh, it was planned of God. But just out of the blue, when nothing like that had ever taken place, remember this is the first time this kind of miracle has ever taken place. It's, there shouldn't have been no problem to it. Why? Because God said that, she, uh, that he would be born of a virgin in Isaiah 9, 6, right? And that she would bring forth a child called his name Emmanuel. But isn't it amazing that God would start prophesying out of the book of Genesis? And now we're way over here and several thousand years has taken place and they can't figure that out today. In 2022, people can't figure out the best way and the right way and the only way to get to heaven is through the blood of Jesus Christ. They can't figure out that it's got to be a new birth, got to be a salvation. It's got to be a change of heart. And then they say, well, they professed, but sometimes you can profess and not possess. You can say, you can say all day long, I'm a bird, but if you don't fly, amen, you're in trouble. Uh, your mouth and heart don't get together. But if you can say all day long that you love Jesus, but you never trusted him as Christ and Savior. And then I hear people said, well, I don't believe in that. Stuff, I, I believe you can get saved uh, without the Lord Jesus Christ. And I can take time after time in the Scriptures. You argue with them. You're just trading devils with them. Best thing to do is just tell what the Word said. The Bible said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father, but by Him and through me, He says. That's right. So we got to have salvation. And the Bible says in Romans 10, If thou shalt confess with thy mouth, and believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. Yep, that's right. Do you, do you want to argue with that scripture? That's what God said. But notice what he does say in that scripture that you're not looking at. He said, For with the mouth confession is made, and from the heart man believeth. He talks about that. So if we confess that Jesus Christ is God, that's fine, wonderful. If you mean that from your heart. But if you're just taking that and saying, I'm just going to quote this, that's why I don't like to get people to quote the Scriptures when they're trying to get saved. Now They'll say, just re repeat this prayer. Well, I don't like that. If you do repeat it and you mean it from your heart, you'll get saved. I know that. But I want to tell you something. Is a lot of times people have done that and have not believed and not faith, and you've got to have it. So what happens, you get stale in your life if that's all you got, salvation. You'll never have peace. Quoting it from your head and, and not believing it from your heart may change your life because you may get the place you start running with the people that change life and you fall in suit with them to do that. But the thing about it is, if your heart hasn't been changed, then uh, it'll get old and you won't have peace. That's why a lot of people don't last long. And then, those, and then they some that just 
uh, can't conform to it. And they got, I believe, some of those are. This this hard thing today to recognize who's saved and not. That's the reason I ain't to judge. Uh, I used to think, well, everybody confesses their salvation of the Lord, they're saved. We can't say nothing about. It. And I just say, use it today. I have to take your word for it. You're the one told me. But if I don't see no fruits and nothing in the days ahead past that, your attitude hadn't changed, your lifestyle hadn't changed, you're still doing the same things you did before, something happened. Because it changed me. Still changing me. It still wants to change me. And sometimes I still don't want to be changed in some areas. God has to speak hard to me. Isn't it amazing? Down through the years, and this has bothered me, I thought about when Christ was on the earth and he prayed over Jerusalem. You remember when he did that? He said, oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, how would I have gathered you as, uh, you know, chickens and, uh, and, and the little chicks and so forth. He said, but you would not. He wept over them. He had told them, he had told them. It bothers me when I go back and look at the Jewish nation that has said, away with him, away with him, crucify him. Give us Barabbas, crucify him. Isn't that awful? Don't you know it's hard for the Son of God to accept his own people saying no, no. And then we're even in this day. And then how many of you have had friends or loved ones and family members still got them today? And you pray for them. And some of you, I'm sure, I have, have made uh, opportunity in your life every day at a certain time to get down and pray for them. And you agonize with them. And you're asking God to touch their hearts, move on their hearts, forget the, uh, forgive their sin. Of course, God can't forgive them until they call on Him. You know that. And so you do it, you keep praying every single day. I've got family members right now I've prayed for for several years. Amen. Sometimes I'm not as serious-minded about it, but I'm being honest. Sometimes I agonize before God. Sometimes week goes by, and that week I've cried and wept for them, and I've spent certain times a day to do it, and sometimes it's been so heavy that I've, Spent more time than I allotted myself to pray for them. I don't think we ought to worry about the time. We ought to have a burden for them when we pray. And we pray. And you see it and you go six months, uh, uh, two months, five months, a year or two. And next time you see them, you see that there ain't no change. If anything, they got worse. If anything, they're taking a... A lighter view on the Bible, taking a lighter view on the church, taking a lighter view on the Word of God. Have you seen that? And you say, Lord, why? Why? And every time I say the why to the Lord about that, he says, Amen. That's the way it is. Mankind is a stubborn creature. He's a rebellious creature. Amen. You and I, we've got we've got wicked hearts. Amen, down on the inside. Now, God don't uh, save our mind. He saves our soul. And that filters in and changes our life. And a lot of people hadn't got that change. And it's a hard, you can't get saved without getting convicted. 
A lot of people are just trying to change their mind, turn a page in their life, get rid of some old habit, give up some. All that's good, but it's still going to take you to hell. It takes the blood of Jesus Christ to wash away your sin. I've never seen as much ignorance in the Bible in all my life as I see now. Seriously. People can answer questions in prophecy. They can answer questions in this and that. I guarantee you in our country right now, in America, we've got more people knows they think they know more about uh, anybody else on the Antichrist, on the second coming, uh, everything. They look at all that because they have studied it. Uh, some of them have studied it day after day after day, looking at news agencies here on that, listening to this prophet and that prophet, which is not a prophet, and they've been getting up, and they want to tell you to the T. That's why it's, that's why it's hard to teach them the truth. They've heard so much. And, and, Probably you. I don't know. Don't know your heart. Don't know what you've been doing. But I know this. A lot of people are spending more time in trying to figure out the future of where this world's headed and what this world's going to do and the future of the religions than they are the future of their soul. I mean, you you get out in the public and see it. I'll be out there. I'm out there. I see it. Uh, They'll come up to you and say, who do you think the Antichrist is? I said, uh, I don't know. When do you think he's going to show up? I don't know. Don't bother me. And they'll say, don't bother you? No. I'll never shake his hand. I'm going to glory. I'm not looking for the Antichrist. I'm looking for the Christ. I'm waiting on a shout. The voice of the archangel. I'm not, amen, looking to be introduced to the Antichrist. Amen. You say you believe in it? Yeah, I believe in it. Amen. But I'm not going to get into that today. I want to ask you, do you know for sure that if you died today, you're going to heaven? Amen. They won't stay around with too long on that either. All right, let's move a little further. I, I just got the place got hung on that, but uh, that's a bad thing. When you've been in, a, in the church house and the Word of God for years, you get hung up a lot. There ain't no dull moment. If you're a, if you're a Christian and try to follow, follow the Word and fellowship with Christ, you'll have plenty to say. Yep. Amen. All right. Don't get too excited there. Now the birth of Jesus Christ was on this wise, when as his mother, Mary, was his spouse to Joseph. Before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Ghost. And I'm glad God put it all out there. There's so much right there I could break up and break down in this verse 18. Amen. That uh, you ought to see and ought to know. Verse 19 said, Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man, praise God, that's a pretty good testimony from God. The Holy Ghost has told Matthew to write it. He's a just man. That don't mean he's just a man. But he was a just man. A just man is the right kind of man. I trust this morning that God make us all just. And he will. We'll let him. 
That's when I thought of that, I thought about two little phrases that come in my mind. Uh, the Bible talks about uh, Mary over here, and uh, we read it a while ago. And that's, well, it's actually in the first chapter of Luke. Notice this right here. Let me, let me just turn back to it. Read this in first chapter. And uh, let's see. And I was trying to find, if you can find it for me right quick there, where it said that Mary, uh, she was, uh, uh, he's talking about, uh, maybe it's right here, right here, right here. She was um, a devout, wasn't it? And in, uh, let me read it. And in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God unto the city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin espoused to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. And it goes on down through, and verse 28 is what I'm looking for. And the angel came in unto her and said, Hail, thou art highly favored. Mary found favor in the eyes of God. Noah found grace in the eyes of God. We found grace in the eyes of God. But I like that. Highly favored. Could God say that about you or me? Highly favored. You can say favored, but that means highly means even higher than that. Uh, it wasn't because Mary was something special. She just loved God. And she was devout. She's highly favored. Did you know if you can gain favor in the eyes of God, you can lose it too? <laughs> and that's our life. That's beside the point. I just wanted to throw that to you. But she was highly favored. And now he's at a place. He didn't want to make her a public example because Joseph loved Mary. I believe that all my heart. God worked that in his heart. And he didn't want to make her a public example, but he is minded to put her away privately without letting everybody know and make an example of her, making people laugh at her. Because this was another a thing that was not right. Now in our modern society, this wouldn't have been nothing. It wouldn't. In the days that Mary had Christ, and they'd have, they'd have called her terrible names. Today, I mean, back then they did. Would have had known it. But today, you know, uh, just he wouldn't even had to waited for the baby been born. Matter of fact, he could have been uh, Jesus could have been born, and then they could have stayed with it with what they're doing, shacked up. But that would have brought reproach upon God. Amen. Chapter thirteen of the book of Hebrews says. Uh, you know that marriage is honorable in all, and the bed undefiled, but whoremongers and adulterers, God will judge. That's the time. Back, back years ago, when they had babies and weren't married, they had a shotgun wedding. Some of y'all know what a shotgun wedding is. Some of y'all might be. <laughs> Daddy got the shotgun out, stuck it between the ribs of that boy, and said, might as well get married. Y'all yeah. remember them days? Yeah. How many has heard of a shotgun wedding in these days? 
I mean in these days. Ah, yeah. You said, well, that might not have been their choice. It was at once. Amen. One time it was their choice. Whether it's love or lust. You understand? Well, that's a different subject. Get off of that. I'll, I'll move back. I don't mind touching any subject. We just do it. That's why I like just getting through the Word of God. And as it comes up, just get it. Now let's go. We'll get on. We got them two verses last week. Uh, didn't to that point, but we'll go into something else. Verse 20. But while he thought on these things. Uh, that's a big, big thing. You know where I get a lot of my information from the Bible? When I get to thinking on it. I said over there, you might not care for my arrangement, but you're not living there, so it don't matter. Uh, I've got my little big old desk right there in front of the front windows, and uh, I'd see the traffic go by if I want to watch them. I read a little portion of Scripture, or I'm listening to a preacher, and he's reading a little portion of Scripture, and it gets my attention. He says something, or I read something. And I kind of just push my chair back a little bit, put full my arms, lean that chair back, and it just drops in a slot. You can kind of feel that for a minute. And I'm sitting there, and I fold my arms up, and I say, Lord, what do I need to see here that I can't see? And the Lord starts talking, and I'm thinking here, here's Joseph. He's at wit's end. He's in a predicament. He never thought his life was coming to that. He didn't know that the woman he loved and is engaged to is going to be with child before there's ever a marriage and he did not think about her being uh, had a, a having a child of the Holy Ghost. So he's putting himself in the worldly part and saying, it ain't mine. This child must be somebody else's. So he's running things back and forth in his mind. He's saying, it ain't mine. And I'm sure he had some moments of hatred in his heart to think it's Mary has stepped out on him. You see this? What should I do? What should I, you know, get involved in now? This is a disgrace. Sometimes we are against the things that God does because we don't fully understand it, and that's the case here. But while he thought on these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him. Now, do you think that would change your mind? Or you're thinking on this, and the angel of the Lord shows up? I do know this, if an angel come down and tells you there's a different way of salvation, you don't hear him. Galatians chapter 1. Or some other preacher calls and tells you there's a better way of being saved, don't hear him either. That's another gospel. But he says, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream. Now remember, I preach this all the time. We're not in the days of dreams and visions. But the Old Testament was filled with dreams and visions and revelations. And the first portion of the New Testament was. You remember Peter was on the rooftop and uh, 
A sheep come down, knitted all four corners, and the Lord told him to eat. He had a vision. And I hear people, matter, matter of fact, I've, I've seen people have visions and revelations, they say, in these days, but we're not there. We're not there now. The reason they had dreams and revelations in the Old Testament and the first portion of the New Testament is because they didn't have anything else to go by but signs and visions and revelations from God. They couldn't turn over in 2 Corinthians and 1 John and Romans because there were no books like that. The Bible was not through. It was not completely finished yet. There's two words that tells us tonight or this morning that it's finished. Look in the book of Revelation if you don't know what to say. Revelation, uh, Revelation last chapter, last two words. If you don't know what that is, turn and look at it. And that's what God says about His Bible tonight or today. <laughs> and uh, you can tell anybody else you want to because that's what you got to go by. Sell them out when you find them. Amen. The end. Or amen, right, excuse me. Depending where you want to put the dash in between the A and the men, or just call it amen. Right? right. God said, This is it now. Amen. God amened His word. I like that. The angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream, saying, Joseph, have you ever heard God call your name? I have. I didn't hear it out loud, but it was loud enough sometimes I thought he had. Amen. When I was a little boy, my mama would stick her head out the door and said, uh, Dennis, I knew she wanted me, so I come to her. But if she ever stuck her head out and said, Dennis Garland deals? I know that's in trouble. <laughs> Saying, Joseph, thou son of David, fear not to take thee unto thee, Mary thy wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. Joseph is saying or being told by the angel, Hey, Joseph, it's no big deal. It's no big problem. This is all in control. This is all in my hand. Quit worrying about it. Quit fretting about it. Don't we need that every once in a while? I've spent uh, nights sometimes in my life in the course of ministry that I worried about what I was going to have to face the next day or two or maybe the next service or something going on in somebody's life. Get up in the morning and find out that God done took care of it while I was worrying about it last night. You ever done that? <laughs> that's, that's shouting ground too to see it. Amen. So we, we're going to stop there. Time's running out on us and others are trying to come in. Let's, let's look at that. I didn't get that. I thought I'd get all this chapter so we can start over in chapter number two for next Sunday. We'll, we'll rush through it. There's a lot to say. Somebody said, if you didn't get bogged down so much, well, some of the stuff I get bogged down on you need to hear. Because I'm trying to follow the Spirit of God and God tells us you, we need it. How much of this Bible do you need? Amen. Sometimes I read some of it and I say, Lord, I ain't particularly interested in this part. And he said, keep reading. 
Is there parts of the Bible sometimes that kind of gets under the skin? Does it cut a little deep? God's uh, picking at you and he gets blood every once in a while. And we just need to keep reading it. We need all this book, every bit of it, from Genesis to Revelation. We understood it more, we'd stay out of trouble more. The more about you know, uh, the more you know about any subject, the better you'll be in trying to figure it out. Amen. Of course, the Word of God is not of any private interpretation. You have to take it for God said. All right, let's pray. Father, give us wisdom and understanding. Lord, we took this slow and got into this this morning. And Lord, this is simple. Here at Christmas time, there's multitudes that are outside the church, that's outside the arm of the gospel. And they don't even understand the things that we are talking about here this morning if they were here. And Lord, the things that we think are pretty knowledgeable and things that are pretty open and things that we can understand pretty good, Lord, the world don't even know a thing about it. And Lord, help us to be a person that can get it to them. That they can hear and have the opportunity, as we've had, to give our heart and life to the Lord Jesus Christ. Touch those who are lost. Touch those, Lord, who do not know. Save their soul for Christ's sake. Not for our sake, for the church, but for you, Lord, I pray. Because you gave their, your life for them. And I pray, God, we'd spread that gospel today across a, a lost and dying world that did hear the truth. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. All right.